0: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses.
1: It's the art and science of money.
0: My job has been to try and figure out which is which.
1: It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle.
2: Well, good morning. Welcome to the show about money, Hi-Fi Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, do just that, talk money. Get yourself a cup of coffee and uh, let's go to work. Um, Lots going on, I shall say. We're getting through the month of September. It's the toughest month of the year and uh, markets are flirting with all-time highs. Uh, Interest rates continue to fall. Uh, That scenario sets up for higher prices of homes, higher prices of stock, higher prices of any type of asset, a little geopolitical risk. In the oil land, uh, giving a little uh, pop to Canadian oil this week, and the Canadian dollar is stuck in around uh, 75 cents. Um, exciting stuff. Does it matter? Now, you know what matters, my friends? Uh, the big picture, the long-term, you matter. Uh, and uh, that's what Jack and I are here to do, to help you uh, manage uh, a nice, successful uh potpourri, shall I say, of assets uh, from homes to insurance to stocks, bonds and uh, RSPs and TFSAs and RESPs and all that fun stuff. And it's complicated and uh, you do need help. Uh, contrary to what uh, the new media is telling you, uh, fake news. Uh, yes. Uh, let some robot uh, take care of you, and retire 30% richer. Please do not believe it. That is so misleading. Um, Perhaps against a, a small sample, uh, but I think uh, uh, high net worth people, people who want to become high net worth people, people take this work seriously and understand the complexities of it, uh, I think uh, continue to uh, reach out to professional advice. Um, Jack and I went through a very, very good report put up by Russell Investments that's showing the value uh, of advice. Uh, and you know, it really resonated with me, um, and Jack, and uh, specifically the quarter of 2018 uh, when the market was unraveling, um, a few individuals uh, stood on the edge of the cliff, uh, the edge of the, uh, what shall we say, Jack? They stood on the, the edge
0: of the cliff, they were looking to jump for sure.
2: And uh, we held their hand and uh, most of them uh, maintained grip and did not go <laughs> over. And a few did go over and they said, get me out. Uh,
0: well... It shows really one of the uh, the issues that you have with those robo-advisors, those automated processes. When you don't have a human element, when you don't have that gray matter that you talk about, Wolfgang, um, people can make some emotional decisions that are very detrimental. And they normally happen when markets aren't normal. So most of the time they fit within a normal distribution of up or down a couple percent in a day. But when you have a crash like we had back in December of last year, and we actually, it was from October all the way through to December, the market was down 20%. In 12 when, weeks. Yeah, when the economy continued to grow, yep. that's when people's primitive emotions really stepped in. And they we saw some investors make some bad decisions. And uh, like you said, there's a few that we walked back from the cliff, but a few that said, you know what, get me out. I don't care what the price is. I just want some stability and I want to have certainty of return.
2: But that's just it. So, so, so the value of the advice to, to, to those individuals who took it, uh, again, their portfolios within three months went straight back up 15 to 18%. Uh, what is the value uh, that we provided? Yeah, for uh, sure. It, monstrous it, it, value, monstrous value. So, look, uh, you know, Jack and I manage money, folks. And, and, and in managing money, there is a series of steps that need to occur uh, to be successful. Managing tax, value added, a financial plan. Value-added. Managing emotions. And emotions are driven, of course, by media. And we spend more time with the media when we have more time, uh, which leads me often to retirees. They spend too much time in front of the television getting rattled and uh, charted up by the likes of Donald Trump. It affects their financial well-being period. Uh, which again, you know, Jack, that all leads me again to that uh, article that we spoke about last week and uh, the reasons to continue to work beyond money. Um, you live longer, statistically proven. If you keep working, you live longer. Your mental well-being is sounder. Uh, you have this connectivity with people. Uh, so holistically and and in theory, working longer is the right thing for all of us to do. Uh, it gives
0: you purpose. We talked about that. Purpose. I- ikiga, right? A reason to get up in the morning. We want to see our clients. We don't want to see that they have to work w- when they're 65 years old. We want to see that they want to have purpose and they want to have pleasure choice. in the work. Yeah, choice, choice. And the pleasure in the work that they do. So whether it's charitable work, you're you know, obviously um, very focused on that right now, coming into the Covenant House uh, big event. But uh, whatever your passion is, we want to have clients be in a position. you know, By the time they reach mid 50s to early 60s where they can start making choices with the work that they choose.
2: Well again and you know philanthropy charitable giving uh, it's a responsibility uh, of each and every one of us on mother earth. Um and acting locally thinking globally. Wonderful phrase. Um but we have to of course um uh, act accordingly and more importantly uh, walk the walk. Um So it is Kevin and House time, Uh, November 17th. I will be sleeping on the streets of Toronto uh, to support that very, very important cause of youth homelessness. Uh, I encourage each and every one of you, I beg each and every one of you, please support my sleep out. Uh, Last year, I raised, I believe it was just under $50,000 out of 55 participants. uh, I came in fourth place. Uh, I want to come into first place this year. Um, You know, I have a big enough audience, there's enough uh, high net worth people around my uh, circle of competence and uh you know that power needs to needs, needs to be shared uh, with with the youth. so please I beg each and everyone go to the Covenant House website uh find Wolfgang Klein, Mwalsi, uh and please donate um and as you know Jack often repeats and uh, it is it is advice from uh, our good friend from Dragons Den. Brett Wilson Brett Wilson yep the friendly uh, dragon the friendly well, what's his phrase about giving
0: Jack he says um, give what's meaningful to you and then give a little bit more
2: meaningful to you. Correct. Uh, Well, that's what I'm going to ask my good friends here at Hi-Fi Radio to do just that. Go to the Governor's website and make a meaningful donation. It is such a great cause. And you know something? You'll receive roughly 40% back from the government um, as you receive a tax deduction uh, from your donation. Again, about 40% will come back to you anyway. So uh, it's a win-win scenario. We can talk about donating stock, better bang for your buck. Going to commercial break, Hi-Fi Radio with Jack Hartle and Wolfgang Klein will return Right after this.
1: Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
3: We don't need no education.
2: We don't need no control welcome back to the show about money it is hi-fi radio i'm wolfgang klein jack hartle and for the cause to help you all become financially independent it takes time my friends Oh, it takes time, it takes time, it takes patience, uh, it takes resolve, it takes a whole lot of things. You cannot do this uh, vis-a-vis robot, robo, please give me a break, it won't happen, uh, unless you are one, uh, which I know you're not, you are a humanoid, we're all human, and that's the problem in the world of investing. It's a big problem in the world of investing. Russell Investments just put out a, uh, uh, a piece, uh, it's not a white page report, but it's a pretty detailed report based on a lot of analysis, um, as to value Jack and I can bring to the table. And, uh, a big component of that is dealing with, uh, each and every one of you and your emotional quirks. We all have them, um, and they don't show their true colors on a day-to-day basis. No, they show their true colors when the world goes kind of wacky, which it does a couple times a year. And a tweet may go out by you-know-who, and the market could unravel. And is it real? Is it fiction? And uh, if you don't ask, well, you may make a big mistake. And if you do ask someone like Jack and I, we'll tell you. uh, A professional opinion what's going on. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it temporary? Is it permanent? And you know something? Nothing is permanent other than lower left, upper right, which tends to be the way the market does operate over the long haul. Why is this so difficult? Well, let's go back to school and ask the professor, our good friend Amos Nadler, Professor of Behavioral Finance. There's no numbers in this stuff, folks. No, you just sit there and read a bunch of stuff and you learn some words like hurting and loss aversion and overconfidence and familiarity and mental accounting. It's a long list of uh, words. I'd, I'd be wanting to do the multiple choice uh, question. I would not want long answers from anybody. It'd be painful. How are you, Amos? I'm
3: fantastic. How are you, Wolf?
2: I am almost as good as that. Uh, yeah. Good to have you on the show. It always is. So, almost please. Um, I'm on a uh, on a mission. I'm on a mission to help Canadians become financially independent because I believe each and every one of our listeners on HiFi Radio can become financially independent if they follow some basic steps. And I, I, I got a piece I'm I'm ascribing right now. It's it's pretty much ready for publication. Happy to give it to each and every one of our listeners if you contact Jack and I send us nemo WolfgangKlein.com? Uh, we'll include you on our distribution list. But it, it, uh, the piece is basically called "How to Become." wealthy, how to become rich. Uh, And there's four simple steps almost. There is four simple steps. Number one, you have to wake up and go to work. You do that. Number two, you have to manage your spending. I think you can help Mm
0: -hmm. us
2: understand why that's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Number three, you have to then, if you manage your spending, you have access, you have to save it, the wealthy barber. Maybe you can help us with that too. Uh, And then number four, if you have money saved, You have to learn to invest it. And that's where Jack and I come in. Uh, And that, again, brings a whole different kettle of challenges to it, i.e. a Trump tweet, market goes straight south, people panic, get rattled, get me out kind of discussion uh, Mm -hmm. occurs. So uh, we have a lot to cover today. um, But let's start with the beginning. Uh, The the most important thing is if, if you spend everything you make, you don't have a hope in Right? You know, yeah, no. and that's
3: the majority of people, unfortunately.
2: So, yeah, I, again, I, I ran math, and I'm going to give you a report as well. Yeah, let's uh, see it. $5 a day, amos, which a homeless person can do. If they can save $5 a day and generate a 9% return, the S&P 500 in the last 55, 58 years has compounded 12. Mm-hmm. So the TSX has compounded about 9. So we'll play, we'll take the lower number, nine, which is not easy to do, but it can be done. Mm-hmm, a 9% sure. return, $5 a day, 40 years. Is
3: Mm
2: $720,000. So why don't we at least do that?
3: Well, gosh, I mean, the human predicament, especially in this modern world, is that everything is working against putting that five bucks away. I mean, just on the way over here, how many billboards did I see? How many signals of wealth and status do I need to be bombarded by that want to pull that five dollars and be put into something? It could even be my Starbucks latte. It could be anything. Anything but put it away is all the social me- social messages that we get. Status is a big part of who we are as human beings, regardless of whether you're earning thirty thousand a year or three hundred or thirty million. This aspect of maintaining status is something that's sort of inextricable part of a human nature. So what you're saying is cold and logical and perfect, and I agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Just we have to combat our own human nature. And it's not a quirk of human nature. It's like a core characteristic of who we are so one of them is going to be social status the other one I see see Jack has here talking about present bias I know did you want to discuss that one Jack I'm
2: going to interrupt Mm -hmm. briefly and then over to Jack please because I I have a, a solution Yes. automated then yes sir automate the withdrawal so that it cut co- the money come pay yourself for this is not new for my not, friends not new. pay yourself first as your insurance comes out of your bank account and your mortgage comes out of the bank account and your cell phone and all your bills come out of the bank account automatically mm-hmm. pay yourself first if you make $30,000 please save at least three thousand four thousand five thousand dollars a year that that is significant Again, if you can save um, five hundred dollars a month for forty years, you, you will over that period of time generate a roughly, I don't know, two million dollars at a nine percent return. Be roughly two million bucks. Five hundred dollars a month, uh, automated. Is it would that solve the problem? Do you believe? Oh, but the key the yeah, next yeah. One, forty years, absolutely. For can they do it for forty years? And yes, this- you can. Most, I mean, a
3: variety of people can. The problem is opt in versus opt out. The other thing is like this is something that you have to opt into and pursue. Because at my at my bank, there's nothing that's offering me the opportunity to do that. Uh, if if that was something that was automatic, and people were, were had to opt out of doing it, it would be the
2: grand majority of society that would do it. Jack, what do you think of the opt in, opt out talk he's given us here? I, I think it's uh, interesting.
0: hundred percent, I agree with it. hundred percent. You look you look at you look at organ donation. You look at countries where you have opt in versus opt out organ donation participation. If you have to opt out, you have to actually do something. More people participate in organ donation. Uh, I think the example that was Germany versus Austria you have two societies that are very similar Austria's opt out donation is significantly higher so we should make people opt out so you're basically saying we should make it mandatory that they save unless they opt out well you look you look at the success of the the public sector right they don't have the, ch- the opportunity to opt out but they're forced into that do you see any of them complaining about having to save that money no they love the pensions that they have at the end of the day and you know what It's time that makes those things work. That's
2: an interesting concept. So, that's what we got to do. We have to basically become autocratic and make you opt out of your savings plan. I like this stuff. We're going to commercial break. Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money, it's a show for you to become financially independent. And yes, your neighbors will hate you, but that's okay. Uh, More of it right after this.
1: Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
2: And that's me. I'm here. For you. Slow, steady, eddy. Buddha. Buddha. Yes. I have a Buddha on my desk. It helps me when, when I have trouble with my emotional rescueness. I look at my Buddha and try to calm down. Uh, this too shall pass. Yes. Elevate the uh, lows and temper the highs. At, uh, you know, not out in the tails. Uh, out in the tails is where uh, problems occur. Uh, yep. Yeah. It is indeed. Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein. Jack Hartle in for the cause and uh, delighted to have uh, Amos Nadler, a a professor and expert in behavioral finance. Uh, Gentlemen, I indicated this Russell Investment Study uh, 2019, the value of an advisor, annual rebalancing of a portfolio that's worth about a quarter of a percent. Behavioral mistakes is worth about 0.8 of a percent, 80 basis points cost of basic investment philosophy worth about a quarter of a percent planning worth about a half a percent tax efficient planning worth about the same behavioral mistakes in fact offers the highest amount of value in this equation this equation says jack and i are actually worth about four and a half percent that's what it says we're worth about four and a half percent if we do all of those things which is tax advice financial planning behavioral management and we we've done a lot of behavioral management when when clients go through divorce emotions are brought to the surface. Uh, when clients lose their jobs, when there's a death of family, emotions, get, it, it's a lot. When markets unravel and Trump gets people, it's a lot of hand handholding um, for the right reasons. Because the, the name of the game in building wealth, my good friends, you got to work, you got to manage your spending, you got to save, you got to invest. When you invest, the next key component is do it continuously and systematically and do it for the long haul. Forget I'm sorry it's a cliche. This is for the long haul, but it is because, because wealth is created after decades. Um, correct, Brittany. You've seen the work that we presented to you. Brittany, of course, our producer in for the cause, running the big board here on Hi-Fi Radio. And she's 25. And we're, we, we want to help um, Brittany. You know why we want to help Brittany? Because she's 25. Uh, and what I'm offering to you, Brittany, I'm actually offering to my children as well. Um, so here's my pivot point, gentlemen. So Sebastian Elliott uh, saved some money, I congratulated them, and I said, gentlemen, Boys, whatever you save, if you put it in your investment account, yes, my 15-year-old and my 17-year-old have investment accounts, and yes, they're invested in five different mutual funds. Mutual funds are excellent investment vehicles, good enough for my kids, uh, obviously on a no-load basis, and they can sell them anytime. There's no commission to buy or sell them, no transaction fees. Yes, they pay a fee to the fund manager of 2.5%. Whoop-de-doo. They're being professionally managed, and guess what? They're up 15.5%, 16% this year, so heh. um. So I said to the boys, I said, Elliot's got through th- through $500 saved up. I said, Elliot, that $500, you're just going to buy more fishing lures. You got bags of them. Put some money aside and I will match it. I will give you some free money. Oh no, daddy. Oh my God. I'll never see it again. You're going to steal my money, daddy. Elliot, I'm your father. I'm going to give you a match. Whatever you put in, I will match. So we matched a weasel 300 bucks out of him, matched it. So now he's got another 600 bucks. Uh, Same with Sebastian. Sebastian had significantly more because he got himself a job at Metro. Throughout the summer, he saved very, very well. And I can, well, he decided to hand over $2,000 to me and I matched it. But not without a lot of cajoling and nudging and saying, good golly, how can you say no to this match? So, so, so was, why was that so difficult for me to get my child to put two thousand dollars, or six hundred dollars, three hundred in an account that I was going to automatically double for them? Why was that so difficult?
3: You know, I wish I could just write this off as like youthful indiscretion, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's education. I, well, we'll it's painful. It. You're you're, it, te- you're teaching a kid to fish I'm right tra- now. i right? You're not try- giving them the fish. Oh, I love I'm it. Trying. Teach them <laughs> to fish instead of giving them the fish. I love. It. I mean, you're also giving them big fat fish, which is the match. And uh, this this actually uh, is quite surprising that it's not just teenagers who have a hard time with this. So uh, while I was at uh, Ivy Business School, I worked on this question of, of pension participation and looked at the number of people who are eligible to participate in the pension. And Western is very generous. They, they give a nice, nice match uh, to uh, newly eligible and and you know all automatic uh, employees. And most people, I don't mean most, by like 55%, like 80% of people don't take the free match. And so, Wolf, I'm I'm impressed that you're able to get a couple teenagers to do it because uh, it's not just Western. It's it's a lot of different schools, a lot of different organizations across the, across you know North America that are unable to get people to participate because they sense, you know, this phrase comes up is my take home pay, and they're they're trying to protect their take home pay. And so, going back to this opt in, opt out, it's actually illegal to make it um, mandatory to participate, and it's illegal to do it as a, as an opt out. Otherwise, it would be done. That's why in Canada, in Canada only. This doesn't happen, which is, I think, from a behavioral standpoint, horrible for people's long-term long-term wealth.
0: It's kind of odd, though, because the, the public servants, they they don't have the opportunity to opt in or opt out. They're just in, right? It's great. Whereas the private sector, like you said, it's illegal for us to make people have to opt out. It's kind of bizarre. Unique to Canada, by the way. Like other, unique. like, yeah, it's unique to Canada.
2: Okay, this is serious stuff. Yeah, it is. So, 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 so Amos, you're telling me, according to your one study at the University of Western, mm-hmm where I think a few relatively intelligent people hang out. Mm-hmm. 85% of them did not opt into a pension plan where the employer was going to put a significant portion to their their own contributions, a matching program. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. uh, posted right on the For, website. You can so see yeah. let's go back to basics once again, folks. And again, anyone out there who's ever questioned such a thing, I, I encourage you to contact Jack and I. We have a very, very good 12-page uh, piece that we wrote called "How to Become Wealthy," and it covers some of the basic steps that you must do to become wealthy. So let's move forward here. The next thing you must do when you have when you have a, or, or, or being employed by a new employer. You have to immediately look through the the human resource benefit package that they presented to you. Immediately go through it and understand what they're offering you. And for the most part, take adv- full advantage of what they're offering to you. So if there, if there's a share purchase plan, for the most, it's a public company for the most part, and therefore it's probably a reasonably good company, good enough for you to work at it. Uh, and therefore, we encourage you to participate. The the pension plans that they offer for you, you must participate you must opt in. In other words, you have to opt in if you want to become financially independent. You're fortunate enough that you actually have a company pension plan. Take full advantage of it because many of us don't have a company pension plan and certainly wish we did. Look, This is Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. Uh, Delight to have uh, uh, Amos Nadler in the studio speaking about behavioral finance. You are your own worst enemy. We're here to help you with that. That's what Jack and I do each and every day. Uh, It's uh, just a privilege and a delight to be able to work with you and to speak with you this Saturday morning. Uh, so let's carry on a uh, commercial break and we'll get right back to you.
1: Listen, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio, 640 Toronto.
2: Rick, may you rest in peace, my friend. That was such a great, great, great uh, band. Uh, Rick Ocasic, of course, passed away. And uh, we'll miss him. Uh, 75 years old. And, uh, well, from what I gather, he continued to work, I guess, until his... Uh, Body no longer allowed them to and uh it's amazing when you see these rock stars you see the who just performed uh rolling stones continues to perform and uh it's, it's incredible to see them on instagram as well promoting their t-shirts i don't know if you guys seen those pop-up for each and every uh elton john is floating t shirt. So they want to sell merch these super rich rock stars they still want more um but
0: that's your ikiga correct jack yeah, that's the purpose in life. They're Absolutely.
2: Purpose in life. Yeah, I'd love to spend some time with one of those. Uh, Brittany, can you get uh, Jagger on, please, next week onto the show, and then the week after, maybe we bring Elton in. We have to talk about uh, what they did, uh, mistakes they made, because we don't want any of our listeners to make any financial mistakes. No, we want to learn from other people's mistakes. Almost Nodler brought a very important point to the table. It's a very, very important point. Because uh, if if eighty seven percent or eighty five some eighty five percent of professors are not opting into the company pension plan, uh, and Brittany, you just share with us, uh, you know, actually, why don't you repeat the story? You don't not the individual's name, but an individual working at a grocery store. In fact, Metro yes. Grocery Store, where my son works. Metro's a nice company. We're giving him a little plug here. Yeah, Metro's uh, great, and blah blah. blah all these
0: companies are really. Pretty good when it comes to a pension when you're full time or supervisor. They'll usually match, just like you guys are talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's some talks at our store that things are
2: going to be changing. And one of the people were concerned. And I said, Well, you know, at least you've been paying for the last 25 years for your pension. Mm -hmm. And he goes, Yeah, yeah, I guess that's automatically done. No. It's something that when you get your package, you have to opt into. And I had to tell him after 25 years that he actually is only going to be receiving CPP. He doesn't have a pension. Oh, boy. You so, gave him some sad advice. And there's advice. quite a few people, I think, out of the whole store. There's probably like 15 or 20 of us that are full-time. I know of five of us that have opted in. So it's so, just a shame. Folks, you have to opt into the pension plans. And, again, you taught me something here, almost. Thank you very much. Which means you have to actually do something. You have to get off your little keister and... Contact HR and find out: Are you in the pension plan? And no, they'll, if not, they'll can they contact you, get, you? Pardon me.
3: They're, they'll contact you. Le- they're, they're trying to get you on board. It's not like they're the university is shielding you from the money. They are actively trying to get people to participate, and that's the crazy part about this: is that it's not passive. They're actively pursuing people, and they, despite multiple attempts to get them to sign up, do not. It's not just professors. It's you know a full range of administrators and, and, and all sorts of other works. So the, I would
0: say the plan that you're talking about, is it a defined benefit plan or is it defined contribution? I'm going to assume it's a defined, contribution. Yeah. defined contribution. It must be defined contribution. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So but with a defined contribution, gone, yeah. you don't have a certainty of outcome on the back end of the plan, mm-hmm. but you certainly have the, the time and the saving uh, that you really need to, for the long-term financial planning.
2: But 85%, that, that number is... Gary. Uh, Because again, Jack and I often end up uh, managing, uh, when when people leave a company, Mm -hmm. uh, they then port their pension over to Jack and I, and they self-administer through Jack and I. Uh, And I will say those pensions, for the most part, that we see are very well managed. Uh, The fees are very, very low. They're Mm -hmm. very, very competitive fees, are about 60 basis points. Uh, The problem is the employee has no um, guidance per se, other than filling out a 15-question questionnaire in terms of their selection of assets. And again, that's where Jack and I Always help our client. If one of our clients has a pension plan, we will help them best allocate their assets because, again, according to the Russell Investment Study, allocating assets is worth a quarter of a percent, and so we want to add value into the relationship. Uh, But we can't leave free money on the table. And, uh, again, I encourage every one of you out there, if you are unsure whether or not you're in your pension, contact your HR immediately. And secondly, you may want to ask the question, what is the value of your pension if you're unaware? And third, what is the value at retirement? You are allowed to ask the HR questions. You are the customer. You have assets with them. You have money with them. And again, I go back to Metro, Brittany. I know many people work in the grocery industry as a full-time, long-term career. And uh, my mother worked at Labas, and she received a reasonable pension. My brother currently is with Labas, receiving will at some point receive a very early, a decent pension. Um, and if it's all you have, uh, it is all the difference in the world. Uh, so it's important that we take care of these little things. Uh, Amos, uh, so we spoke about saving, we spoke about opting in. We have to unfortunately opt into these plans, which means we have to do something. Uh, sorry, we spoke about spending. Um, let's go on to now the next part about saving and then saving for the long haul. What challenges are you aware of with the challenges of just saving money?
3: Well, if we want to use some some sophisticated language, as present bias, which is we like stuff now and we want it now, and uh, we discount things that will happen later. So, as I said, everything in, in our everyday life works against savings. So, you know, commercial messages, social status messages, everything's about spend, have it now, and unfortunately, we are uh, you could say sort of wired for it, that our brains are are sort of designed or optimized to have things now yep. and to discount things that would ha- would happen in the future because. Historically, we didn't live to be this old. We'd be dead by 30 and, and so on. So the, the present bias is something that is intrinsic to human beings. And we have to, like, I love the Buddha on your desk because we have to get Zen about our financial lives. We have to take a moment and realize that we have to inhibit the automatic impulses to spend and develop the the ability to sort of abnegate from spending and to realize that this you know five hundred dollar watch or thousand dollar phone is worth a ton more in five ten years at the rates that you had mentioned.
2: Oh, don't get me started on that! But I, I'm glad you did. Uh, look, we're gonna go to commercial break. I'm gonna tell you what the value of a thousand dollar lease is if you decide to lease a car for the next forty years versus compounding it and buying quality assets the number is scary uh, so please stay tuned hi-fi radio global news radio network 640 in toronto i am wolfgang klein host of the show jack hartle co-host of the show and it's our pleasure to be with you right here right now stay tuned
1: making money is the best so how do you make more money,
2: would be
1: of money. come on back after this you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto
2: I love it. It is Hi-Fi Radio. It's a little wailing guitar. Well, we're here to make your portfolio wail. We're here to make you wail. Wail with so much money, you won't know what to do with it. And that's the discussion I'm having with my children these days. My 15-year-old son, Elliot, who I love so very much. And uh, they don't like school very much, my boys either. That's a problem. My boys do not like school. Do you have a kid like that? Well, I said to Elliot, if you don't like school and... well, I hope you want to work one day. You're going to have to work one day because it's how hard. But uh, there's a bridge you can, or a crutch you can have, and it's called time. If you learn to use time, a good yes song at the play about time. You know, it's not that yes song by time, uh, Amos. Well, almost now i learned in the studio. as a professor of uh, behavioral finance. Um, anyway, we're talking about money. We're talking about your money. We're talking about you, the enemy. And uh, I go back now to my children, Elliot, 15, who I uh, discoursed to put 300 bucks into his investment account. I matched it, so it's now $600. And we're going to buy four quality mutual funds with that. Actually, we're going to uh, heavyweight. We're going to overweight the two Fidelity funds. They're excellent funds. Uh, and with Samastin, I meant to uh, get $2,000 out of his pocket and double that to 4000 And now we're going to put that money to work. But I said, gentlemen, if you leave 15, 20, 25,000, let's say $25,000 alone, just leave $25,000 alone. And by the time you are, say, 35, 40, right? 35, 40, thinking to the future, you could have a couple hundred thousand dollars there. $25,000 becomes 50,000 in, say, 10 years. It becomes 100,000 in 20 years. It becomes 200,000 in 30 years. $200,000, 25 grand becomes 200 grand in 30 years. I don't know if my kids could stretch themselves beyond tomorrow, uh, to, to, to think that way. And so having knowing you were coming on air, I was really thinking, but gee, I don't know if telling my kids, gee, by the time they're 40, they're going to have a lot of money, because I don't know if they care. Yeah. So I want you guys to speak to that. And Jack, I want you to speak to uh, what you're aware of, modern technology. You know, saying, can, from, can, it, can it help us?
0: I think it can. I've seen technology, virtual reality that is on the horizon now. And I've seen some apps already, which are kind of scary. I saw myself when I'm 60. I really do not want to see that right now. I don't want to I really see myself don't, now. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't have a present bias. I can save. I'm good. I don't need to see that app. <laughs> but I think it is helping some people actually position themselves and say, you know what? This is what you're going to look like in the future. Hopefully, you're still going to be alive. And you need to not consume all your money right now. Save a little bit for the future so you can let time work for you.
2: See, our financial plans are stretching to the future. and They actually look good. Uh, so the, we're, we're the anti-app.
0: Yeah, the problem
3: is that we are, there's a phrase that Hal Hirschfeld from UCLA uses this phrase, we are strangers to ourselves or our, our older selves are strangers. We don't know them. So, you know, this technology that you guys are talking about introduces us to our older version of ourselves, which is not only hard to imagine, but maybe a little uncomfortable. So, so this, you see on uh, Instagram. This People use this app and they post themselves, you know, you know, see a beautiful 25-year-old posting herself at 80. She says, oh my God, I look like my grandmother. Well, that might be a bit aversive, but, but to actually imagine that is, if you're lucky, you will live that long and then you're going to have to face a financial reality. And so there's kind of a mix of pleasure and displeasure in this conversation, which is it's, I love the idea of everybody retiring rich, but I think it's uncomfortable to people to realize that they will age and they will have the same problems that their grandparents did and and introducing ourselves to our future selves is uh, a real service I think technology is doing in this kind of almost subtle way through pop culture in a way.
2: What we need to do is we need to vision ourselves in the future living a, a lifestyle where we're not dependent on other people where once again we have choice where we get to do what we want when we want and we get to give back. And giving back is so important. Uh, We can give back with our time. We can give back with our heart. We can give back with our wallet. Hopefully, we give back with all three. Don't forget, folks, I'm sleeping on the streets of Toronto, November 17th. For Covenant House, please support the cause. You all see homeless people out there each and every day. They need help. Uh, You can help them. You can empower yourself. I'm going to sleep in the street I really don't want to sleep on the streets of Toronto I got a beautiful comfortable bed I got a beautiful family a beautiful that's where I want to be but no it's my duty to get back uh, and I, I you know I want to preach a little bit all of us must get back um almost let's talk about uh, philanthropy for a uh, for a second um the stats that uh, Jack and I have seen are quite interesting um people from the east tend to give a little bit more and the people who are very poor disproportionately give more than the people who are very, very wealthy. What's going on?
3: Uh, you're talking about the East in, in Canada or U.S.?
2: Yeah, in, in Canada.
3: Okay. Uh, I mean, t- the thing is the thought of giving $10 is, is manageable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But if you're a very low income, that's a high proportion of your, of your wealth versus someone who is you know at a much higher level so 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 the numbers can tell the story because it's easy to get 10 but it looks good if you're making you know 30,000 but it looks bad if you're making a million a year that's part of it, just the numbers. So if the question is about the numbers, we can answer it. If it's a question about people's social preferences, there, there's actually quite a bit of research looking at how wealth can affect your social preferences and how you uh, donate to others, how you play fair with others and things in economics like the trust game and the ultimatum game and, and how wealth affects how we view others. So there's a whole broad area.
2: Sounds like a shell game to me. Like, but I want to yeah. play the shell sure. game with you. Uh, this is Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. Every now and then you got to move assets around the board and you know, call it a shell game, but uh, as long as it's legal and it benefits it's you hey i'm good with it uh jack hartle always a pleasure to work with you on this show Uh, global news radio network 640 in toronto each and every saturday morning stay tuned more of it right after this
1: stay with us there's more shows still to come you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto
3: Yep,
2: I'll have a piece of cardboard, and that's it, November 17th, when I'm sleeping on the streets for Covenant House, that's all I'm going to have, I'm going to miss you Kathleen, my beautiful love, yes, that's my wife, not my mistress, I don't have one of those, you don't want one of those, they're very expensive, oh, they're costly, my good friends, yes, you want to keep peace and love at home as long as you can. The alternative is very, very costly, I shall say, for another show. Amos Nadler's in the studio. Uh, Amos is a frequent guest on Hi-Fi Radio, and he is a professor in a very new field, and I shall say a growing field and an important field to understand, which is you. It's called behavioral finance. When it comes to money and uh, our gray matter, weird things happen all the time. Uh, not quite as weird as when we get behind a wheel of a car and road rage six sets in, but uh, well, maybe it is greed, fear. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, so thanks again for joining us on the show, um, uh Charitable giving. Um, where are we at with that? Oh, we, what we've talked about here? We're talking about the, the BMW car, 1000 bucks a month, uh, uh, delaying gratification, or we're we talking mm-hmm. about charity, which where we're going with it.
3: Well, I, I think that we cannot repeat this, this point enough about present bias and how we don't – people are not – it's called – People are not good at understanding future value. It's just called exponential growth bias. That's the fancy schmancy term to realize exactly what you're saying is, well, I have this thing I like now, the, the Beamer, the new iPhone, the new whatever. I, I'm not good at estimating what that money would be worth in, a, in the future. I'm going I'm, I'm to I'm, I'm help you. I'm going to help you. The,
2: the BMW, when Jack and I ran the numbers. So you're 25, you graduated from your nice school, you've been offered a very, very fine job. Um, I feel for you, you have to find a place to live that's going to be expensive. But uh, hey, uh, for 7.99, 8.99 plus tax, delivery in all nine yards, you're about a grand a month for a beautiful, flashy new BMW. I see them all the time. I see young professionals driving very fancy cars and I had a neighbor of mine uh as I was walking Baxter my little golden doodle the other night and my neighbor i mean meeting the whole hood by walking my dog uh chat with my neighbor and then another neighbor drove by in their brand new Volvo beautiful SUV probably about 90,000 dollars are you kidding me I'm like, what did you do? I said, those cars are so expensive. If you took the money and compounded it, like $1,000 a month. We went through it with Brittany. $1,000 a month for the life of your career equates into an opportunity cost of north of $3 million. That car alone can set you up for the most comfortable retirement of your life. Present value bias is what you're talking about. I want it now.
0: It's a status symbol. And if they realize how much it costs over the long term, because a lot of people do lease the cars. Throughout their whole career, but, yep, thousand bucks a month, eight hundred bucks a month. Mm. If you know, they, that's my point. That they realize what that will actually cost them. They don't. Oh that, my gosh. A,
2: they they need to hear this message over and over again. That car is costing you over three million. You don't need to do anything else. Look. Average Canadian, let's take a break back to, to the person who doesn't have a pension plan, the person who, uh, who who's young, may not even be successful in school and, and career. Right? Save a small amount when you're young and time will do the heavy lifting for you. I can't stress that point. Yeah, well, enough.
3: people, you know... I- I, you gotta realize we're all keeping up with the Joneses in one way or another so in your nice neighborhood there's that version at, at, at other neighborhoods other apartments there's different versions of it but it's something that's common across social echelons
2: that's interesting
3: so so and actually if you look at happiness if you want to talk about this car buys me status buys me happiness you find the highest rates of uh, you know Depression, suicide among the wealthiest neighborhoods. So I, you know, I lived in LA for six years, and you know, I have friends in Beverly Hills. Right, so you repeat what you just so, said. So if you look at, at at statistical rates of 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 like negative psychological states of affect of suicide, and depression, they're not among the poorest neighborhoods. They're among the richest neighborhoods because out of a good friend who lives in New Beverly Hills. Their house was fifteen million dollars, but the one next door was twenty five million dollars, and there were two Maseratis versus you know the one the one Porsche that they had. So this notion of social comparison, people are trying to buy their way into happiness through this very expensive means. As you guys are pointing out that, yes, I get to drive this nice car and look like I fit in the neighborhood and to get to give the wealthy version about there's other versions that, you know, if you work in retail, it's the, it's the watch or whatever it is. And that's part of the human condition. As I said, it's a difficult problem to, to crack. So you could sit someone down and say that Volvo is costing you, let's say it's three million dollars of course your career. It would still be difficult to say, wow, I'm going to drive two years old Volvo and say this amount of money. Like those trade-offs are not obvious to people. And again, all the pressures towards buy the expensive thing, look like I'm hot stuff, look like I'm out earning my neighbors because social comparison is a huge part of society.
2: All right, so we're gonna do a little pivot here. Um, and Brittany, we have one more segment coming up, correct? This last segment? All right, a little pivot here, folks, and then we're gonna bridge you into next week. I'm going back to George Brown College. Uh, I'm learning how to become a better cook. Um, almost i cannot believe how much money i'm able to save uh, and so i'm able to save a ton of money by learning how to cook smarter uh for example i bought myself or my wife <laughs> went out i said kathy we need a little more wild rice we some more long grain rice would you mind get me a little bit i'll make a nice rice pilaf tonight she graciously went out and got me a big bag of long grain rice from costco i think it was 10 pounds it was nine dollars I use one cup of rice to make a beautiful pilaf. I saute some onions. I had a half onion left in the fridge. Half onion, saute it. Uh, I had one carrot left. What do you gonna do with one carrot? I'm going to dice up real fine, a little nice fine kind of dice with my beautiful knife because I took some knife skill courses. Dice up my carrot. I'm going to dice up my celery. I'm going to glaze that, all right? Then I'm going to add in my cup of rice and I'm going to saute it a little further. At that point, I'm going to add in two cups of liquid. It can be a beautiful quality stock. It can be a water with a beyond cube, whatever you like. 18 minutes, you stove top it for a few minutes, 18 minutes in the oven at 325, presto, it's beautiful. A little a little bit of aromatics in there if you wanna add some flavor, a little bay, bay leaf. My point is for virtually nothing, I was able to feed my family a beautiful side dish. Virtually nothing. And, and, and last night's dinner, I did pork chops, I had red cabbage, I had potato pancakes, and I had a little bit of homemade applesauce. That meal cost me $16. My son will spend $22 on Uber Eats and and, 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 and save the dishes. Uh, my point is if people can learn to cook, they will eat better. And more importantly, they'll have dinner at the table with the family. And if you can have dinner at the table with the family, you can have wonderful discussions about saving money and about children's lives and getting engaged in your children. So, again, a whole other point of the matter is why don't we do some of these simple things? Like Why must it all be like bam, bam, You know, we're, we're good are good.
3: Uh, again, I think it's become like normal to order out. It's become cheaper to order out. You, you it's go convenient. The it's just crisscrossing right? people on bikes and they're in there, you know, the Uber Eats. It's and it's possibly possibly if you, you sound like a wonderful cook. Most people are not as good as you, Wolf. And so they think, well, don't something delicious from such and such. that will be here in, in 10 minutes and it cost me an extra you know, doll or whatever to have it versus going doing the dishes and all that. It's, it's, it's a social pressure and it's become cool and normal. And people are short for time because right. they're working hard. It's, it's something well, that people well, do, and it's not financially optimal by any, any, any stretch.
2: I, I do know when I speak with my chef at at, at George Brown, Chef Bashiri, he said the problem is people are time tar- time starved. And number two, we have smaller families. If you're single, cooking for yourself is not the way to do it. It's just not fun. And so now we've got this food delivery in a box and we make it ourselves but it's only halfway. This is High Fire rays a show about money. Jack and I are here for you. We're here to help you manage tax. We're here to help you with financial plan. I can give you some cooking tips that can save you some money as well. Sure, I might pivot cooking show as well on the radio. It is delicious. It is savory and some sweet as well. Uh, I want to wish you a great weekend. I want to thank you, Jack, for joining us. Uh, almost not a real treat to have you in the studio uh, each and every Saturday on the Global News Radio Network.